I V M. We are all doing the best job as parents for our children, forever looking for more ways to help them grow as happy, healthy, and responsible adults. We do our best every moment, but even with the best intentions and reflections, things that are out of our conscious control can get in the way of us doing our best with this job. In this episode of the Big Talk About Tiny Humans podcast, Dr. Meghna and Devi Shobha discuss the phenomenon of parenting triggers, triggers that are caused by something innocuous that your child did or said that causes you to overreact. Tune into the podcast for more deeds. Almost every job in the world requires training, except parenting. You need to learn parenting on the job and that can be really hard. Here on the Big Talk About Tiny Humans podcast, we want to help you navigate the world of parenting better and make your lives a little bit easier. Hi, I'm Meghna. And hi, I'm Devi Shobha. Every week, we bring you the best research on parenting. Top tips from experts. And actionable strategies to confront the numerous challenges that all parents and educators face. So let's get started, shall we? All parents want to do the best they can in the parenting journey. However, there are times when you realize that your reaction has been disproportionate to the event. You realize later that they are just age-appropriate behaviors that are expected of children. Today, we will be discussing the term parenting triggers and what past hurts can cause them to happen. If you have been feeling that your reaction to your child's behavior or any other event in your life has been sudden, extreme, or unconscious, causing you to get excessively angry, hurt, upset, or helpless, which often is a cause for regret later, then this episode of the Big Talk about Tiny Humans is for you. Hi, Meghna. How are you doing this week? Hi, Shobha. Doing well. Super busy. Rest all okay. Fine. Everything is fine. Great. Actually, everything is not fine. My son is not well. So, oh. yeah. And when kids fall sick, you know, how chaotic it yeah. can become. So yeah, yeah, you told me when I spoke to you on Monday, your your day was going very unpredictable. Hey, why? And that really triggers <laughs> <totally> me. <laughs> that really triggers me because I am such a super planned, super organized person that that really throws me off. Like, you know, if I don't know what is going to happen in the next hour with me, I get very, very upset. Anxious. Right? Well, not exactly anxious, but just, you know, just get that feeling of this is so messy and chaotic. Right. So talking about triggers, this is what <laughs> we're going to be talking about. Yes. You know, in a larger sense today about parenting triggers and what really causes them to occur, right? Uh, so Meghna, I just wanted to, you know, start off with asking you, what really does it mean when we say past hurts can get triggered while parenting? Does that happen often? Well, uh, Shobha, when we're growing up, right, we're taught certain things about life. And some of those things are not always healthy. And when we become parents, we project those same beliefs upon our children. For example, I see this very commonly in families. Huh? Emotional expression is unacceptable. You can't cry. You can't whine. You can't, you know, you can't basically express your big feelings. And when children do that, it's met with harsh consequences. Like a parent will start yelling or blaming or even punishment. So a child will quickly learn to hide all the emotions. And if the child tries to express anger, the parents would become angrier in turn. 
So when this child grows up and becomes a parent, they get triggered every time their child expresses anger. So that's how our past can impact our present. This is super common. Common kya? This is exactly how we function unless we've done some healing work and become aware of our triggers. Our childhood and how we were raised, Shobha, it continues to impact us and how we choose to parent our kids. And there is no escaping from that. Right. And how often do you see this, Meghna? Do you see this, uh, you know, in your therapy sessions? Do you see this a lot? All the time. This is something that I see all the time. So this one father came to me for consultation because he was having an issue with his son who was actually bullying other kids. Hmm. It was so difficult for this father to comprehend the idea that actually we have to put ourselves in a position of vulnerability in order to have empathy for others, to trust others, you know. Hmm. And when I asked him about his own childhood, this is what came forth. His parents were kind to him only when they wanted something in return. So kindness in his family was only used for manipulation. It was never authentic. So he learned that connection to others, real authentic connection, which, you know, obviously requires you to be vulnerable, can only be painful. No wonder Mm -hmm. then, you know, he was obviously raising a child who was also scared of that vulnerability, that real authentic connection and was ending up bullying other kids. So this is super, super duper common. It plays out in different ways in different families. It plays out, it, it expresses itself in different patterns in different families. Yeah, and it can be really frustrating when you don't even know when it can trigger you. Like your suddenly unconscious reactions come out of you and you're wondering what the hell happened, right? So it happens a lot more than we can imagine. Yeah. So Meghna, how do you define, you know, because you mentioned healing, right? Unless you you do a lot of healing work. Hmm. Uh, what really does that entail? What does healing work entail? And how do you define healable moments? So healing is basically awareness. To be able to heal requires us to bring awareness to our triggers. Now a trigger, what is a trigger? Let's first talk about that. A trigger is anything that, you know, you experience in the present moment that actually activates a feeling from the past. Okay. So a trigger is what will activate an old wound from our childhood, whether we are aware of it or not. Like, for example, somebody as a child was not heard, was not respected. That feeling gets carried over and when that child grows up and becomes a parent for them it is super 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 triggering to have their child in turn not listen to them which is why a lot of parents come and complain and they say that my child just doesn't listen to me oh god it drives me crazy right because that wound is a story we tell ourselves no one ever listens to me we're always looking for confirming evidence that that's the way the world is and when something happens where we feel not listened to, like, you know, we are telling our child eight times to come to the table for dinner, it will activate, it will trigger that old story. And what, what happens when you're a child who doesn't feel listened to, right? You feel angry, you feel frustrated. Those feelings come back from the past, whether you, again, whether you're conscious of it or not, whether you realize it or not, these feelings from the past, they affect your present mood. In the present, imagine you're not feeling heard happened 30 years back, 40 years back. But just this is how our mind works. This is how our brain works. Those hidden feelings from the past, those old wounds from the past, they have the power to make you irritable and resentful in the present moment. And, you know, they stop you from connecting with your child because when they trigger these angry feelings, you see your child as the enemy. So healing for such a parent may look like going to therapy 
to uncover their past wounds or working on their triggers so that they don't have those automatic responses that have been built into their brain yeah thank you megna for that uh, wonderful explanation it's time for a short break and when we get back we are going to be talking about how to watch out for these triggers what adult children can do to heal their relationship with their parents and thereby transmit it to their children and their parenting journey and we're also going to be talking about everyday practices that we can follow to avoid the tripwire okay welcome back thank you megna that was a really great explanation about uh, you know watching out for healable moments and uh, you know in some ways how to uh, you know uh, have take control of our own healing journey right now you talked about triggers right now mm. to actually heal right to actually begin the journey of healing i think the first step would be to actually understand and you know be aware of what is triggering us you know i read this interesting book in fact just uh, yesterday i finished reading this book it's called when all is not well it's written mm. by a monk called om swami mm. okay and in that book he describes certain uh, visualization techniques right and uh, some of his techniques actually dwell very intently on how to watch out for these triggers because a lot of the time right when mm. people behave in certain manners right relationships can get affected people sometimes they they get angry beyond control mm. and uh, they don't intend to not all the time right uh, it's it's on them to actually work on it but sometimes they really do not know what it is that is triggering them right and in his book he has written a beautiful uh, explanation where you know some childhood experience just like what you explained just now some childhood experience that had caused a traumatic uh, effect on their uh, childhood it kind of carries over because of course they have buried it they don't uh, mm. they don't really relate back to it but every object that they see in relation to the event right he had explained a story where uh, there was this dad right who had extreme anger issues right mm. he would explode all the time even though he was loving at other times right so the wife she knew that uh, this guy was loving and he wants to change he wants to help himself but you know that the behavior is just repeating over and over she doesn't know what to do she's just trying to help him out but she doesn't know what is causing it he himself doesn't know what is causing it and then they attended uh, therapy and in therapy they got to know that uh, you know during his childhood he has a very traumatic experience uh, with a baseball bat where another kid actually beat him up right and he oh broke God. his knee right oh and God. when he was uh, trying to protect himself the only way he could protect himself was by yelling and screaming and that's how he got the attention of others right mm. now as an adult that's what he does every time he he needs some kind of uh, you know control over the situation the only thing that he can think about is yelling and screaming mm. right and that was what he did and ultimately during his healing journey he also recognized that anything that is related to the game the baseball game even if he kind of comes across it very unconsciously like he's going shopping and he sees a baseball bat or a ball or you know something like that it triggers it in him very unconsciously and then he it you know after some time there is a yelling uh, episode and he did not even recognize this pattern until the therapist actually decoded it for him so uh, you know 
I think paying attention to these things, right? It takes a certain method to it. So what are your recommendations to watch out for these triggers? Yeah, I think uh, watching out for these triggers is best uh, done through awareness work. Mm. And there are basically two steps to it. Okay, step one is, you know, the very fact that we recognize that we are triggered. And this Mm. is the most important step. Awareness of our trigger response, that is something that will bring change, even if we consciously do nothing else. So take note of how you're reacting in your body and mind. What are you thinking? Is your body tense? Is your heart racing? journal about the response, right? So recognize that you are triggered. That's the first step. And the second step is that work to stay in the present moment. Now, you know, the one key to awareness work is understanding that our response is not at all about the present moment. You know, you're not having a panic attack because your child is upset. You're having a panic attack because of what that behavior means to you. And that meaning was created in the past when you were a child. So find a way to bring yourself present moment. For example, breathing is helpful. Making contact with objects in the room can be helpful. Your favorite Mm -hmm. yoga posture could be a way of staying in the moment. So find ways to bring yourself back to the present. You know, I'm undergoing this training program, Shobha, these days. I'm training to become a trauma-informed therapist. And uh, that's what my trainer keeps telling us all that, you know, trauma is nothing but when your past flows into the present. Hmm. Right. And that's what we attempt to do in therapy, you know, and, you know, the definition of trauma is so much wider now, the way we understand neurobiologically also the way we understand trauma is so much wider than what we understood even 40 years back or 50 years back. And trauma is simply an event that, you know, it goes beyond your ability to cope and stays with you. Hmm. And what part of your brain it gets stored in, nobody knows. But it is something that stays with you and continues to impact. You know, the example that you gave of the dad and the baseball bracket incident, the mm-hmm. baseball bat incident, mm-hmm. that is a very good example of a one, one big incident in the childhood becoming so traumatic that it mm-hmm. starts to influence your subsequent behaviors and responses and reactions. But often, more often than not, it's not one incident that defines sort of Mm. some key aspects of your personality or parenting. It's those little everyday ways in which you have yourself been raised, right? Which sort of over time accumulate and start to influence the way you behave. And subsequently, when you yourself grow up your own parenting. So thanks for that, Meghna. It was wonderful uh, with those examples. So I think it's time for another short break. And we're going to be back again talking about how adult children can heal their relationships with their parents and how they can pass it on in their parenting journey. And what are some everyday practices that we can follow to avoid the tripwire of unconscious behavior? Okay, welcome back. So Meghna, uh, we talked about uh, watching out for uh, for these triggers and uh, mm. you know always also watching out for healable moments and how we can heal ourselves. What are some modes of healing? Have you seen, like because we talked about uh, these traumatic experiences passing on into adulthood, right? Obviously, mm. it's going to impact their parenting styles, their relationships with their partners. Mm. But, you know, often it happens that adults, right, do not realize that their relationship with their parents actually needs healing, right? Mm. And that's a big part of the healing journey. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this happen? And, you know, what are your recommendations for a successful healing journey? Because I know it can get very complicated, especially with parents. Yeah. 
See, I think that's a very complex question in itself. And I'll try my best to unpack it and to simplify it. So yes and no. Adult children do heal their relationships with parents and some don't. And that depends on a number of factors. One of the biggest factors is, of course, your own awareness that my reactions and responses are coming out of my past and they've been influenced much by the way I was raised. So awareness, of, of course, is very important in this. And the second is even reaching out to the parent, you know, and the level of trauma that was, you know, the level of sort of, it could be any kind of trauma. It's not just that abuse is a kind of trauma. Of course, abuse is a kind of trauma, but trauma could have looked like for the child being constantly yelled at, being constantly ignored, being constantly, their needs not being met, right? So trauma can also look like this. Trauma is not just being abused. So the second factor is whether the parent would, you know, the current relationship that the adult child has with their parent and whether that relationship continues to affect the adult child and whether they want to continue with that relationship or not. So what I'm trying to say is that if I, as an adult, I'm a parent myself, right? If I, as an adult, underwent some kind of trauma, which triggers me, which continues to trigger me in my present and through therapy or through some reading, I become aware of it. The question for me is, do I want to go back and heal my relationship with the parent who in my eyes caused the trauma? And when I do that, I first need to build my own resources, right? I need to put it across to my parent. Not all trauma is intentional. For example, I can't necessarily always blame my parents for doing things like yelling or spanking when they did not know any better, right? When they did not have years of neuropsychological research at their disposal, which we have now, and I can't go back and tell them, how dare you raise me like this? This is completely unacceptable. Science says that yelling and spanking are completely adverse, you know, to the way you're supposed to be raising your kids. And the parent will be like, but beta, I did not know. I This is how I was raised. And so, you know, that's how we sort of pass the intergenerational cycles of trauma. But the fact is that awareness helps a lot. But the bigger question is, do I want to go back and heal my relationship with parents? Am I ready to forgive them? And if I'm not ready to forgive them, and if I'm not willing to let go, it's okay for me to be able to draw healthy boundaries with that said parent. And to say that, you know what, this is not something, it's too disturbing for me. I'm dealing with it in therapy. I'm processing it, but I just cannot have a relationship with you right now because this is actually hindering my healing, right? So the answer yeah. to your question, the long-winded answer to your question is yes and no. Adult children do sometimes and do not sometimes manage to heal relationship with their parents who originally caused the trauma, which actually triggers them. Right. So an example of this would be this client of mine. Okay. She's a young uh, 20 something girl who is, you know, now living independently, earning money for herself in Bangalore, smart, outgoing. And she's had a significant trauma in her family of origin with her parents. And by trauma, I don't mean any kind of abuse, but just her needs being, you know, not met in the sense every time she would try to express something uh, she was shut down. She was not never really heard. Her opinions were never respected because, you know, tumme kya hai? Tum to bacche ho. and um, the family culture was itself such that, you know, it was a very guilt-based model Ki for everything her parents guilted her. Like, you know, you're going out with your friends, padhai mein man nahi hai. you know, you will end up failing. See how much we're doing for you. You don't even value it. 
So literally every statement that would come out of her parents' mouth will be, we are doing so much for you. We have made so many sacrifices for you. And you are one ungrateful person who's, you know, who doesn't care less. So she literally grew up with that kind of a narrative in her head. And Mm -hmm. now she is the pass out from one of the best engineering colleges of the country. She's earning, uh, you know, a seven figure salary. She's living independently. She's eating healthy, taking care of her health, has a very good social life. But she's ravaged by this constant guilt. Mm. Okay. And and where does this guilt come from? And in therapy with me, that's how, that's what we have been exploring. You know, this guilt comes from her past, the way she was raised, that she was made to feel guilty about even the good times that she was having. So much so Mm. that she's not able to have a good time without feeling that there's something wrong. You know, something doesn't feel right. Okay. Right. So now the question is that awareness agya, right? The first step hogya. Uske baad, how will she heal her relationship with her parents? So what we realized, and, and she did manage to go back home uh, to her hometown and you know speak to her parents. And what she realized in those series of conversations that she had that her parents are still stuck where they were. They mm. were not willing to grow, they were not even willing to listen. And she mm. then came back and told me, you know what, you're you're talking about healing. They are to matlab stuck there only in that century only but mm-hmm. even if I try to say that you know what this is what my emotional needs are or were they are very very dismissive they mm-hmm. trivialize everything and they're repeating now the same pattern with her younger sibling which she feels mm-hmm. extremely sad about right. so then what we decided was that we she will just have to learn to draw healthy boundaries with them because what are our options she can't heal the relationship with them because healing is not possible because they continue to be where they are, even though she has, you know, traversed a personal journey. She mm-hmm. does not want to cut off her relationship with them because she does love them. But she, the one thing that she hasn't done till now was draw healthy boundaries with her parents. That whenever mm-hmm. her parents would, her parents would be intrusive about, I mean, they're sitting in one part of the country, she's in Bangalore and they'll be like, Kaha ja rahe ho? Ja rahe ho? Jaldi Kiske ja rahe ho? Ladke to nahi hai? types. You know, mm-hmm. she'd be like, you know what? I will only share limited information with them. Because mm. they are totally not appreciative of my life. They judge me for my lifestyle. They always mm. have. Even mm. when I was the most studious student, even when I cracked the, the topmost engineering institute, they were still judgmental and critical. Mm. So they will not never understand and appreciate my life choices. So I will not share. So that's my healthy boundary. I will not share my life with them. Right. Only limited information I'll give them. So I think that's a beautiful example of how um, you can navigate through this healing process. Healing doesn't always mean that all the parts that are within me, even the painful, hurtful parts will become perfectly okay. I will become unbroken and everything will be fine, happy ending. No, it doesn't mean like that. It just means that the part which are hurting and that the parts that are, you know, wounded, I will be able to minimize those parts and heal those parts. But the parts of me, which are healthy and functioning, they will become stronger and bigger, right? So healing does look different for different people. It does not look the same for everyone. I like the part where you said that you focus on, you know, strengthening what is actually working for you, right? Mm. And not focusing on the broken parts. So that's that's, uh, absolutely awesome. So Meghna, I just want to understand because you we talked about you know going back and trying to heal the relationship with our parents hmm. but i think a more beneficial approach would be to look forward and see that our hmm. our past hurts 
do not act as triggers that can damage our relationship with our children or even our partners or even our work right so what are some everyday practices that we can follow to avoid this trip wire i think that's a that's a very useful question something that i teach practically all my parent clients mm-hmm. and uh, there are uh, i've summarized those practices you know to avoid that kind of trip wire into four categories and that can be summarized with a acronym cons c o n s so i'll explain what does each of these what this abbreviation stands for c for compassion so basically most of the adults who you know been through trauma in their childhood who are now fully functioning adults who come to therapy i've seen one consistent pattern in all of them they mm. are just so harsh on themselves they are mm. oh my god like and that's the one thing that strikes me like you know you are fine you are lovely you are wonderful like why are you so mean to yourself it's almost like you know i don't deserve the good things in life kind of thing even though their behavior will will be completely opposite i'm talking about you know their inner life their inner child so mm-hmm. the first everyday practice that i actually give them is for them to practice self compassion and empathy you know they need to remind themselves that these are the things that will there are things that will challenge them but these are the things which are challenging which will pose as opportunities for learning and opportunities for growth blaming yourself for whatever is not going to do any good to you or even fact even to your child but empathizing to ourselves and self compassion doesn't come very naturally to many of us most of us but it also does not mean that we we don't hold ourselves to a high standard empathizing with ourselves does not mean not holding ourselves to a high standard it does not mean not aiming for growth but it means that it means uh, that what we are doing is hard work and it matters i usually tell people to write a letter to themselves a kindness letter and you won't believe the first draft of that letter even that is not not usually kind so <laughs> we sit and we review it and we try to make it more kind without losing the authenticity so the first practice is definitely practice kindness and you know self compassion the second o o is outcome so what is the meaning of outcome when you it's basically imagining and practicing a different outcome so once you've identified your parenting triggers okay start imagining the probable outcomes of the situations that can be different what can i do differently the next time the situation arises right focus on how these different responses make you feel my child is not listening to me i'm getting super frustrated and irritated what can i do differently the next time my child doesn't listen to me okay remember this principle of being you know focused on the present i am aware of my body language in the present i'm aware of my tone of voice i'm aware of the words that i'm using in the situation i am aware of the present and that is how i can decouple myself from the past and prevent it from flowing in my present when i imagine and practice a different outcome so the next two are n and s cons c o n s n is needs basically unmet needs because you know as a child it's possible or even as an adult a lot of your needs emotional needs were not met and by the way that's another interesting thing <laughs> 70% or 80% of the clients that i meet in therapy when i ask them what are your emotional needs they draw blank so <laughs> please start by becoming aware of your emotional needs in fact I have a youtube video which is in the context of a couple but uh, that video sort of helps decode how do you even arrive at your emotional needs but our needs being met should not affect our relationship with our children so focus on your unmet needs emotional needs and serve and and work to fulfill them and the last one is s which is seek support right 
like-minded supportive friends who perhaps are themselves parents you know is very very important for our parenting journey if you find yourself consistently angry consistently having trouble controlling it then find a mental health professional go to therapy you can't always manage or change things on your own and that's okay you know sometimes triggers from your past relationships childhood trauma anxiety depression all of this can be too difficult to change without support and it's perfectly okay to seek a qualified mental health professional such as a clinical psychologist uh, and if they are trauma informed even better to uh, really unpack all of your triggers help you with your awareness work and support you in your healing so cons is uh, compassion practicing a different outcome for o n is for unmet needs and s is for support yeah that makes a lot of sense megna i think one of the things uh, that i do personally is also the practice of journaling right yeah. so when i am really really triggered right one thing that definitely helps is when i write a letter or even journal the days events that kind of brought out very undesirable reactions yeah. right so yeah. i think that is a practice that i teach my children also and sometimes it's a beautiful go, practice shobha yeah. i can't tell you how much i emphasize it in therapy as well it's yeah. it is such a therapeutic practice actually research yeah. validated by the way and it's, you know what the the most uh, beneficial thing out of this for me personally is that not at that time because fine at that time i'm crying and i'm releasing a lot of emotions i feel a little better but when i you know all of these some of these uh, softwares they kind of throw reminders right you wrote this one year ago and i'm uh, going looking at it i'm like oh my god i've come a long way from long that long way how lovely oh beautiful right? that is so beautiful yeah brilliant brilliant i wish we would all do that right and we'll literally see our journey of personal growth yeah kudos <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah so thanks uh, for all that uh, all those lovely uh, strategies megna i think that makes a lot of sense and i i love the way you're helping people you know especially in their very important mental health journey right so i think the work we do is very important and you know i just wish there are more and more people who realize the importance of you know how keeping their mental wellness in check is such an important aspect of their lives mm-hmm. so thank you for this and i hope people listening to this podcast took away a lot from this i really enjoyed this conversation with megna and this episode marks the closure of season 1 of the big talk about tiny humans podcast It's been such a pleasure having you around and we hope to come back to you with a season 2 with a big bang and we hope you enjoy it the same. Thank you and stay tuned. Hey, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On all things policy, the Takshashila folks talk to Supriya Sankaran, co-founder of Agami India. They talk about alternative forms of dispute resolution using technology. On Varta Lab, Akash and Naveen are joined by comedian Gunal Rao. The three of them talk about quizzes, life during lockdown, and encounters with yogi babas. On Naan Curry, Sadaf and Archit welcome Ramya Shree, co-founder of online food publication Root. They talk about Ramya's attachment to home food and the stories she pens down. And on the habit coach Ashton answers a question about genuine kindness care and interest seen as too good to be true. Once again don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcast.com we have some exciting stuff for you. Also do follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. 
Do remember to spread the word about the shows you're listening to. It would be great if you can rate and review them wherever you're listening to them. You can also check out all our shows on YouTube. Wishing you a very happy Diwali. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Bumble, Heads Up for Tales, Kotak Privy League Program and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thanks for making this possible.